Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. We've been on a series called Selah. Selah is a word that means stop and just think about what you just, whatever. Think about it. Just stop and think. And um, we've, been, we've been on a series that's about spiritual practices. And spiritual practices are creating rhythms in your life so you can thrive. And a lot of times people ask, well, what are spiritual practices? Well, we have a clip that I think is probably one of the best illustrations to illustrate the power of spiritual practices. Wax on. He was teaching him how. He had him practice, but he didn't tell him what he was. He wanted to learn karate. And he was, wax on the car, wax off, wax on, wax off, paint the fence, sweep the floor. And he was doing all of these mundane, routine practices that were creating a response in him that was reflexive when he needed it. And I think that's a great way to describe what spiritual practices are. They're to create habits in us that sometimes might seem mundane, repetitive, might not be all goosebumpy and oh, that was an encounter or that was amazing, but they're creating a certain response in us so that when life happens, we respond in the way that Jesus would. We practice today what will sustain us tomorrow. If you want a sustaining relationship with your kids, parents, you got to practice that today. If you want a a sustaining relationship with your spouse, you practice what you want tomorrow. If we want a sustaining relationship, going the distance, not just dragging along when it comes to following Jesus, but a life that thrives, a life where we are growing and increasing, we practice today what will sustain us tomorrow. And so in this series, we've been looking at a lot of different things. We've been looking at worship. We've been looking at fasting, as Mike said last week. Awesome message. This week, we're going to be talking about prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but I think of all the spiritual practices, prayer is probably the most confusing and the most frustrating. Anybody relate? If you have had problems, if you have struggled with prayer, I love how Eugene Peterson the author of the, um, the message translation of the Bible, he says this. Listen to this. Faced with the prospect of conversation with a holy God who speaks worlds into being, it's not surprising that we have trouble. <laughs> Isn't this true? Prayer, it's a relational connection through conversation with God. A relational connection. Through conversation with God. It's, prayer is, it involves talking. It involves listening. It involves asking. It involves receiving. It involves waiting. It involves surrendering. And I think it's actually incredible that God wants and invites us into a conversation with him. If you just let that sink for a minute. God wants and invites us into a conversation with him. David described it this way in Psalm 40, verse 1. He said, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. 
And you know, the Psalms are actually, if you ever have problems praying, just flip open the Psalms and start going through. You'll probably hit something that applies. <laughs> They're the most honest prayers. In fact, when you read through them, you're like, I can't believe God actually let somebody tell him this or talk to him this way. And it's in the Bible. But the Psalms are some of the most honest prayers. And here we have David, but I like where he says, God inclined to me and he heard my cry. Do you know what that picture is? When you incline, it means you're, you're bending down and you're listening so you can hear what they're saying. It's kind of the picture of when a grown-up bends down to listen to their kid. And you know, this is what's so crazy. I, it's, just, it's funny because, you know what, God, even though he knows everything, he knows what we're going to say. He knows our thoughts. He knows what's going on inside us better than what we know ourselves. And the fact that he knows that and he still wants us, he's bending down to listen. And you know when I read this, one, once when I read this psalm, I just had a, it was just like a flash of an image when my kids were little. Parents, maybe you can relate to this. Is would they be playing outside and I'd be watching them from the window and it was sometimes the most comical experience because you're watching it, but it's fascinating at the same time. Yes, parents, anybody else do this? You're watching, it's like, okay, how are they going to handle this? What are they going to do? Especially when they're doing something that, well, maybe they shouldn't have been doing or it's just, you're, it's so funny watching their interactions. It's just it's like, it's, I, I remember laughing so many times, and then they come running in the house, and they're like, Mom, guess what? And da, da, da. It's just like, I knew everything. I've been watching everything unfold, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. But I wanted them to tell me. I wanted to hear their perspective. And I think God is like that with us. He is a dad that loves his kids. And he is bending down because, yeah, I know what you want. Yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah, I know what you need. But I want you to tell me. I want, I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to hear your heart. And that's the posture that God comes to us and invites us into, the kind of conversation with him. So this morning we're going to look at five different types of prayer. And the first one I call it simple prayers. Simple prayers. You could call it maybe, you know, one-time prayers or whatever. And Matthew 6, 7, Jesus is giving some instructions to pray. Listen to this. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Everyone say, don't be like them. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need. Everyone say, he knows my need even before you ask him. These are simple prayers of asking, God, I need your grace today. God, I need some energy today. They're also prayers, quick thank you prayers, or prayers of gratitude. God, thank you. You're driving along and you see something amazing. Like we live in Alberta with the biggest you know, surround screen in the world, and you're like, oh, God, this is a beautiful sunset. This is a beautiful, God, this is beautiful. God, this is amazing. God, you're awesome. Or their prayers are simply just confessing, God, I, I really need you right now. God, you've got this. I trust you. Simple. But now this is where prayer gets confusing. Because in the same sermon... <laughs> A few verses later, 
We're talking like maybe two minutes later, if even that. Jesus says this, Matthew 7, 7. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. I can imagine the disciples are thinking what many of us do. Jesus, what the heck? Is it don't babble, don't repeat, or is it repeat and keep asking? No wonder prayer is confusing. Which is it? Well, he's revealing there's different kinds of prayers. Because another type of prayer is what I call repeat prayers or persevering prayers. And in another place in a message, Jesus went on in Luke 18, 1. He, he goes on to teach the disciples again about prayer. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. <laughs> Isn't that great? You, you should always pray. Never give up. Just keep asking. Ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and keep asking. And he goes on and Jesus starts to tell the story of, it was a, it was a parable of an unjust or an unrighteous judge. And he talks about this woman, this widow that was coming to him, and she was asking this judge, she was pestering him day and night, I need you to do this for me. I need you, judge, to, to bring justice in this matter. I need you to do this. And Jesus, he's going on and he's talking about the, the judges, what he says. He says, this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Jesus, he wasn't condemning, saying, don't repeat your prayers like that little old lady. She was pestering him. Don't pester God like that. No, actually, he was saying, God is so much better than this judge. And he's going to give you what you ask and keep asking, what you keep seeking for, what you keep knocking. There are times when we need repeat prayers. And the repeated prayer, this is about dreams, this is about desires. If I could express the one time or the simple prayers, those are maybe about our needs, but these, these repeated prayers, these are about our dreams, about desires, about things that God wants to give us. See, Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. Every, can you say that? Every spiritual blessing. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And it, you can think about it this way. Everything you need, and even the dreams and the desires of your heart, everything that would be a blessing to you and for you in life, it's already in your count, but it's not in your possession. you got to learn how to make some withdrawals. And this is where our asking comes in. We need to learn how to make withdrawals. Now, see, the repeated prayer 
is not to persuade God. He does not need persuading. We don't need to beg him. But the repeated prayer is to change or to transform us. See, when we pray and we don't see something answered, or we, and we're like, God, why didn't you answer that? God will sometimes invite us into a long-time conversation and ask and keep asking, a knock and keep knocking, because God is trying to transform something in us. Something in our character needs to change so that we can handle the greatness of what he's getting ready to give to us. We need to be changed. Because God knows, it's like, I know you're asking for this, but if I give it to you right now, you're going to really screw it up. <laughs> and I'll just talk to all the singles for a moment that are praying for a spouse. First of all, let me just, let me just say this. Marriage is not the pinnacle of your spiritual walk. The goal isn't get saved, follow Jesus, get married. That is not the goal. The goal is always and only Jesus. And singleness is a gift as much as marriage is a gift, and they both have their purposes. But there's nothing wrong with praying God. I would like to be married to a wonder, I would like to have a wonderful spouse someday. I remember praying those prayers way before I met my husband. I remember writing down in detail, this is what I'm looking for, God. This is the kind of guy I want. And I remember praying over that lot. So I'm thinking, God, what takes long? God's like, you're not ready for it yet. And there's things that God needed to change in me before I could have been ready for a lifelong relationship called marriage. You might be praying for a promotion at work. God, this promotion would just be so great. It would really utilize my gifts. God, this promotion would just free me up with more time for my family or to, to serve in the house of God or to, to be a real blessing in the kingdom of God. You're praying, God, I really want this promotion. It would just be, oh, it would be so awesome. And God's like, you will not be able to handle it. It will destroy you if you get it right now. I need to change you in the process. Because what happens when we pray and we continue to pray, see, part of prayer is the listening part. <laughs> And it's in the listening, when we actually listen, we start to recognize, oh, my motives for wanting that. They were really selfish. Oh, God, I see this thing in me that, yeah, this needs to change before that can happen. God needs to transform us. And sometimes what he's needing to transform in the repetitive prayer, he needs to transform our perspective because what we're believing for is too small. It's so small compared. God wants, God's wanting, to, like, he, what we're asking for, you know, we're opening the door a crack for God to release it, and God's like, I need you to fling wide that sucker. There's a lot I want to bring. You're believing too small. Everyone say, I need to believe bigger. I need to be believe bigger. Baptism people, if you are getting baptized, you can be dismissed now. You can go out the back and you can get changed. We'll call you in in a little bit. But God is wanting to reshape us. I love what Bill Johnson, he said, great things typically do not come through prayers of convenience. God is transforming us through prayer. 
Because a lot of times what we're asking for, our, our best, what we think is best for us is at best half formed. Because what we're believing for, what we're asking for is so much greater than what God is, what, we're, what God has for us is so much greater than what we're believing and asking him for. Ephesians 3.20, God says he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. God is so much more, and so he needs to change us in the process. Everyone say, I need to be changed. And be changed. And I just believe there's some here that what prayers, there's some in this room and some watching online, what prayers do you need to resurrect? There's some prayers that you stopped praying because you weren't seeing answers. And there's some individuals specifically, I really believe this is a word for some in the room. There are some things that you prayed a few years ago that you stopped praying because you're like, I don't think that's it. And God's going, you need to re resurrect those prayers because you, have, you are different now. And you watch what I'm going to do. What prayers do you need to resurrect? The third one, I call them mirror prayers. Mirror prayers. These are the God show me what's in me prayers. <laughs> God show me how my soul is doing. Not just the bad, but who I really am. You know, David, another great example of this, Psalm 26, 2 to 3, he says, Examine me, God, from head to foot. Order your battery of tests. Make sure I'm fit inside and out so I never lose sight of your love, but keep in step with you, never missing a beat. I don't know about you, but I don't like praying prayers, God examine me and give me a battery of tests. <laughs> those aren't the kind of prayers. Anybody relate? I, those are not the prayers we typically pray. God, test me. Test me, God. Just test me. No, we're like, why am I being tested? No smart person invites God to test him, except David did. Like, how crazy is that? Give me a battery of tests. God, just expose me. And, and David wasn't praying this prayer because he was cocky, thinking, I'm fine, I'm good. It's like, no. He actually wanted to know. Because he knew nothing could separate him from God's love. He knew that whatever God would find under, under his, the hood of his life. See, he was almost like, you know, an auto tech, you know, but they do run a battery of tests on a vehicle before it's released from the lot in order to be sold and then driven. You want to know anything that could go wrong. You also want to make sure the things that are supposed to be working are working, yes? Before a, before a, a car is released, you want to make sure the brakes are working. You want to make sure the accelerator is working properly. You want to make sure all the necessary things are working. This is kind of David's approach in prayer. He's like, God, would you show me what's working? Show me what's not working. David was confident and secure in God's love. And a lot of times these, these mirror prayers involve things like confession and repentance. And I think we avoid these because we've got a wrong perspective of what they are. Because, see, confession isn't just confessing, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. <laughs> you know, it's not confessing just the bad stuff. And repentance isn't just changing our mind about the bad stuff. It's actually thinking rightly about the right stuff. It's about embracing truth. And confession can also be confessing God's word over us, his truth over us, so that we can be transformed. See, mirror prayers might go something like this. God, I am anxious. God, I am fearful. God, I am worried about whatever, fill in the blank. I, this is not how I want to think. God, I know this isn't how you want me to think. And so, God, I'm confessing this out that this is not what I want to be. 
and I'm changing the way I think about it. And I am confessing your word over my mind that says be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and thanksgiving. God, I know you got this. God, I know you're changing me. God, I don't have to worry or fret about what's going on. But through this thanksgiving and through supplication, God, I'm making my prayers known to you and I receive your peace. Mirror prayers, they transform us. And two more really quickly, intercession. Simply means to stand in the shoes of another person and plead on their behalf. Paul did this all throughout the New Testament. 1 Timothy 2.1, he, he instructs Timothy, intercede. Pray for all people all the time and intercede on their behalf. How do you know if God is calling you to intercede for someone? Well, how many of you have ever woken up and thought, like, had somebody's face or their name? Like, why am I thinking about you in the morning? Or during lunch hour, you're thinking about somebody, they pop, you're, you're, they pop into your mind, or you, it's just like, why am I thinking about that? It's usually God's wanting you to pray for them. It doesn't mean you have to go pray for an hour for them. And usually when people need prayer, they either need wisdom, they need protection, they need strength, or they need encouragement. Simple prayer. I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about them. Oh, I haven't thought about them for years. Okay, here we go. God, would you give... Give them strength today. God, I just invite your presence to surround them. God, would you fill them with a sense of your love? See, I don't have to ask God to love them. I need to ask God that they would wake up to his love that's already there for them. Intercession, the last one. Battle or fight. These are the fighting prayers because... Jesus, he told his disciples in Matthew 6, one part of the Lord's prayer, deliver us from evil. Now, this is how these fighting prayers work, because even though Jesus defeated the enemy and now has all power and all authority on earth, he's taken away the enemy's, he's taken away the enemy's right to rule. The enemy, it's obvious, is still at work. Yes? Yes, he is still at work. So what the heck is going on? Well, it's kind of like this. Sometimes in wars, in the far outposts, there's these battles or these skirmishes that are still going on because news has not gotten to these outposts that the national powers have called war is over, cease fire. The message still needs to get out. We're kind of living in an outpost right now. And we don't pray for victory, we pray from the place of victory that Jesus already bought. Ephesians 6.10. A final word, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Look at verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Our problem is never people. Your biggest problem is never a person. It's an enemy that works through people, through mindsets, through lies. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. And then he goes on, put on the belt of truth. Put on the shoes of the good news. Lift up the shield of faith. 
Put on the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of God's spirit, which is his word of truth. And he says, look at this. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. See, fighting prayers are a way that I verbalize which reality I believe in. The one where Jesus has triumphed and Jesus has won and Jesus holds power and authority. Do I believe in and am I living in and from that reality? And see, fighting prayers are the way I verbalize. God, your victory has already happened. God, I'm standing my ground. God, I'm trusting in you. God, I'm not allowing these lies to take root. God, I believe and I trust. See, your words are powerful. Proverbs says there's life and death in the power of your tongue. In Job, he says, you will decree and declare a thing and it will come to pass. God's given power in our words. Not like poof magic. But when we pray, God gives us power and authority to change things here on earth. And sometimes the prayers that he invites us into are fighting prayers. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So which prayers do we pray? All five. Because all five apply to every single one of us all throughout our life. And God invites us into this conversation with him. I want to invite you to stand. And I want to pray for us this morning. Because I really believe that there are some prayers that God does want to resurrect in you. And the answer is closer than what you think this time. The strength I want to pray for some of you this morning that God would release to you a new faith and a new perseverance because some of you are fighting some intense prayers. Some of you are scared to engage with God in conversation because you're carrying so much guilt and so much shame and so much condemnation and that is not the Father's heart. Wherever that thought came in about God, that is a lie. And no matter how far you've blown it, no matter how bad you feel you are, God only looks at you and sees his son and the cross and what Jesus gave his life for that you could be set free, whole and holy in his sight and love. And God wants you to know you are free this morning. Can we pray? I want to just invite you to close your eyes. I don't want to pray strength. I want if you are in a fight right now and you need strength, you need supernatural perseverance, I want to invite you to lift up your hands, not because I need to know, but as a sign of just God, I am acknowledging this thing is bigger than what I can handle. And I receive now your strength. Father, those hands that are raised, whether in the room or online, in the name of Jesus, God, I release a supernatural perseverance of your Holy Spirit, God, to begin to, Father, to well up, to begin to settle on each and every one. 
God, I thank you that you have already fought every one of these battles. You are said we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. And God, I speak the strength to persevere. God, I agree with them that breakthrough is going to come. God, we declare, Father, even a turning around, those that are, Father, picking up those prayers, resurrecting those fighting prayers that they once let go of. God, we ask that there would be a turnaround. We thank you that you are the God of the breakthrough. And you've already worked. You're working even when we don't see it. You're working. And God, we agree, Father, for a breakthrough to come. And in the meantime, God, you're transforming work in our hearts. God, change us. Come on, church. Can we all just lift our hands? Because we all need to be changed. God, we need you. And church, could you pray with me? I would like to invite us if we could just say, God, we need. Can we pray this together? Say, God, I need a new desire for you. God, would you restore a fresh faith in me to seek you and believe for you in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for a brand new, got a brand new start. You know, there's something in this room. I just want to pray another prayer, even online as well. And when it comes to new beginnings, there is a heavenly father that loves you so much. And he gave his son, Jesus, to become for us fully human. And he died on the cross, and when he died on the cross, he took all of our sin, all of our failure, all of our weakness with him. And when he was put in the grave, when he died, all of that went with him, and it stayed there. And this is actually what we are going to see take place in baptism. This is the power of baptism. We are identifying with Christ going into the grave where our sin stayed with him. And when we come up out of the waters, we come up into the brand scripture says new everlasting life eternal life we come into a new intimate relationship with him and I want to invite anyone here whether online or in the room if you've never made a prayer of dedicating your life to following Jesus we're gonna pray a prayer right now together I'm just gonna give you words if you're like well how do I do this well here's some words can we pray together church to say Jesus I hear you calling and I say yes to salvation Thank you that on the cross you took my sin. When you died, it was buried with you. And when you rose again, you made it possible for me to have new life. And I receive this. I say yes to following you and living out your purpose for me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.